The presented content does not provide or constitute medical, financial, or legal advice. The content is for information purposes only. Viewing or listening to the content does not constitute a physician-patient, dentist-patient, fiduciary-client, or attorney-client relationship. Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about baseball reminiscence for memory care is John Leona Dykus. John is an award-winning producer, multimedia innovator, and baseball historian with over 30 years of experience in the entertainment industry working with clients like Disney, Pixar, and Universal Studios. Since 2018, John has led Baseball ALZ, a reminiscence therapy program from the Society of American Baseball Research in partnerships with the Alzheimer's Los Angeles, the Veterans Administration, and Alzheimer's San Diego. John is also the chair for Society of American Baseball Research Baseball Memories Group whose mission is to initiate more baseball reminiscence therapy programs led by their membership in chapters around the United States. How are you doing today, John? Great. It's good to be with you and your audience, Jason. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. But before we get started, John, um, for those that are joining us for the live webinar, if you have any questions, type your questions in. Time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get them answered. So, John, I'd like to start. What is sports reminiscence therapy? Sports Reminiscence is an innovative intervention that began in 2009, and it's been making an impact for people living with dementia and their caregivers. Um, somebody, uh, one of the, Michael White, who's the pioneer of, of SRT in Scotland, he says, Sports Reminiscence Therapy is a way of unlocking a box of memories. Everybody has a box of memories, and it's our job to find which key opens that particular box. I think on a, a simpler level, we are building community, uh, uh, creating connections and um, friendships with people living with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I should also say the program also works with people who are socially isolated and people who have uh, chronic health issues as well. Yeah. Before we talk about the program, John, I'd like to just talk about baseball for a minute. You're a baseball guy, so am I. And I read a, a quote from you that said, baseball is a game of storytelling. Can you talk about why baseball impacts so many people? Well, baseball is our national pastime and it predates the Civil War. Um, so it's, it's deeply woven into the fabric of our country and our history and our, our culture and our society. And um, folks who have Alzheimer's and dementia now are typically in their 70s, 80s and 90s. That is when baseball was at its zenith in uh, when they were younger in the post-World War II sort of golden age in the 1950s and 60s and 70s when it was America's most popular sport. It, it was pervasive throughout popular culture. It was on the radio, the television, um, and uh, the newspapers and so forth. Um, so I think it has a it resonates with a lot of the people that we've worked with and our program is, is gender neutral. We have a lot of women participating, um, but whether we're talking about baseball or, or something else, the key piece is making those connections with people and prompting them to share their stories uh, because that's really the heart of the magic of the program. And since narrative is at the heart of baseball, no, that's it, like no other sport, um, it's an it's 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 about storytelling in many ways. So we bring people together, kind of like they did in the old caveman days. You sat around a fire and you shared stories, and that's largely what we're doing, albeit with some other 
sort of uh, approaches. Right. So can you talk about how you got involved and what exactly Baseball ALZ does? Um, baseballs is a program that was started in our, in Sabre's uh, uh, Central Texas uh, chapter. And um, I found out about it in the summer of 2018 at a softball game from a friend of mine who was participating in the program. I said, what a great idea to use baseball as a way to connect with people with memory care issues. Um, and so I got permission to pursue it. I've connected with Alzheimer's Los Angeles and they said, well, let's, let's give this a try. And I learned a lot from the people uh, in our Texas program on how to kind of, what kind of subjects to address, uh, how to engage the participants. And it really took off. It surprised them, it surprised me. And we then reached out to the Veterans Administration in West Los Angeles. They've got a, a big uh, campus here uh, and they have a live-in medical facility called the Home for Heroes. And so we brought the program to them as well. And we sort of modified it to that audience, which is, which is very different because not everyone there has a cognitive issues, but they're all dealing with uh, sort of chronic health issues, people who are on dialysis, they're missing limbs, these kinds of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're building community, we're creating friendships, and we're giving people a sense that they matter, that they value, and that they're important, and we want to connect with them. So can you speak to, John, some of the engagement that you've had from those that are participating? Yes, we do a couple of things to get prompts going. Um, for example, we'll say, you know, bring in, bring in a piece of memorabilia. Uh, it might be a baseball cap, um, it might be an autographed baseball, and we'll just we'll just say, you know, tell us the story behind it, and that really gets the ball rolling because what happens is everybody starts feeding off of each other, you know, and the big piece in these types of sessions is the social engagement, the communication, the eye contact. You know, we've been doing this in person, and when the pandemic started, doing it over Zoom. But at the end of the day, the things that, that, that remain on both of those platforms is we're still able to uh, connect with people and engage them and uh, pre pre present a, a very friendly forum for people living with dementia and Alzheimer's to share their stories and uh, memories about baseball or anything related to baseball. Sometimes we'll talk about, hey, this was uh, baseball in 1965. Let's talk about how much a car cost back then. What was the hit records? We'll get into some popular, what were the big TV shows back then? And that triggers more memory. So these are really just a series of prompts that we've put together over time um, to help kind of choreograph uh, the sessions that are all set up within the kind of the structure of a baseball game itself. So it's very familiar. Yeah, I'm looking, we talked off the air, what you have behind you, the props you have behind you, talking about bringing back the memories from Roberto Clemente. I mean, just, it just as we're talking, I'm just thinking back to my past, and I can just imagine how your participants feel when they have the opportunity to maybe share something that, that they did, or to just hear what somebody else talk about, like you said, to feel the baseball, or just to hear the sound of the ball, you know, hitting the bat, um, those type of things. 
Well, the other thing about baseball is that it engages a number of the senses. You know, when you go to the ballpark, there's the smell of peanuts, there's the smell of beer. Yeah. The first thing we do when people walk into our sessions, everybody is handed a baseball with 108 magical red stitches. And they're, it's our conduit to our field of dreams, to our memories, our stories, our connections with each other as friends. And um, it's very powerful. There's something, a round object is, is, is very comforting. And those of us who, who hold the baseball, this is my security blanket. I, I'm immediately relaxed when I yeah. hold the baseball in my hands. You know, but we start things out with um, the player introductions. Everybody introduces themselves. We have, who's your, what city are you in? Who's your favorite team? Do you have a favorite player? Um, and then we all sing the national anthem. Music is very important to people in memory care. And then we begin the process of just setting the stage for people to share their stories. Um, and that just starts a free flow conversation about three fourths of the way through, we'll sing, take me out to the ball game. When we were meeting in person, we had folded in a physical component. We'd go outside and we would play soft toss with plastic baseballs. And then we actually brought in something else, which I love, which is batting practice. And I was pitching batting practice to people not in their 90s, who said they hadn't swung a bat in 75 years, and they lit up like Christmas trees. Yeah. Um, so as a facilitator, to see the response of these people, how happy they are, you know, the caregivers have shared with us all kinds of tremendous insight on the impact these sessions have had on their loved ones. So speaking to the caregiver, John, how does a caregiver know whether, you know, the person that they're taking care of has any memories or even interest in baseball? Well, many times um, the care partners are spouses okay. who have been together for 40, 50 years, what have gotcha. you. So they kind of know each other really well. We have uh, one couple um, where, uh, you know, the husband just grew up loving baseball. The wife was a big baseball fan. This is the first time I've ever heard anybody, a, a, a female in the 50s, who had a subscription to Baseball Digest. Uh, pre pretty much an outlier for those days. Uh, but she knew, they said, you know, and, and we've heard from people saying, we go to a lot of programs and support groups um, for Alzheimer's and dementia. This one really resonates with us because baseball meant a lot to my husband. Um, and he comes alive and his mood is enhanced. Um, the self-confidence is, is, is there. Uh, you know, we've heard stories from people say, you know, my person, when they're at home during the week, they're not real communicative. Um, and, you know, and typically we deal with people um, who are in the early to moderate stages. Um, but some of them, you know, when they come to our sessions, they light up. Um, they engage, there's eye contact, um, and their care partners are saying, you know, this is amazing uh, because he's not like this all the time. Yeah. So how long is the pro how long does the program last, John? So if somebody's involved, what is what are the mechanics of it? Well, it kind of varies. Um, there are some like our program that we do with the Veterans Administration, um, that'll be an hour. I should also say that when we work with the Veterans Administration, we had the guys taking batting practice from their wheelchairs and they were having so much fun. They were trash talking each other. 
Um, so, uh, and, and they don't get that kind of activity. Um, and um, when we meet in person with our friends at Alzheimer's Los Angeles, those are two hour sessions. And we'll, we'll meet once a month. Um, right after we do this today, I'm going to be sitting in on a session with Alzheimer's San Diego. That's all done over Zoom. And we also do Zoom with Alzheimer's Los Angeles. That runs an hour. So, um, but what we kind of do, Jason, is that we customize the, the, the sessions to our audience. You know, the folks at the VA, they don't necessarily have cognitive issues, but they've got other sort of health concerns. Um, and some of them, they don't have the ability to speak or communicate real well. So that's a little bit more presentational, but okay. because we know those participants so well, they always come, they've got their Dodger cap or their Cubs jersey or what have you. And, and I know all their favorite players. They love Ferguson Jenkins and Ron Santo and Ernie Banks. So, and we, and we always ask our participants to suggest what subjects would you like to talk about? Because every session is a, has a theme to it. So okay. we want them to feel like this is their session. And so they'll, they'll tell us, we want a session about the Negro Leagues or how about something about the history of the All-Star Game or how about some of the great, you know, greatest outfielders in baseball? So us Sabre members, uh, we're steeped in baseball history so we can put that together. And I should say, we also fold in a trivia quiz, a multiple choice trivia quiz at the end of every session which everybody loves, and it's a lot of fun. And you know, and, and I think the, one of the key things a doctor from Scotland told us, he says, the key thing about these sessions is that they're fun. And he said the words fun and dementia don't ever go together, but they are in this context. Can you talk a little bit about what you've learned in partnering with the different independent associations and organizations, and also maybe the VA as it pertains to how you're the, the baseball ALZ or baseballs, as you call it, has evolved since 2018. Well, I think, you know, when I first came to this, I knew nothing about dementia or Alzheimer's, but I did have a background in training in human behavior um, and, and the capacity to listen. And um, so a greater understanding of the experiences and the lives of the people who have Alzheimer's and dementia. You know, I've taken some classes to the Alzheimer's Association to get a greater understanding. Um, and um, it's just an ability to um, put yourself in their shoes and, you know, try to be supportive, try to be a friend um, and and recognize. I think the other piece was my, my mother-in-law ended up in a um, in a, a, a memory care award in a very expensive senior community and I was really surprised that the that there just wasn't a lot for them to do and this was maybe seven or eight years ago mm -hmm. and I also got the sense that you know for you know many many years people with dementia have been stigmatized by our society because people don't really understand what it is and what it means and 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 how difficult it can be for a family and uh, to care for someone. Um, and so part of what we've learned in all this process is that it's, it's really important to make, the, make these people feel valued, respected, and important parts of our community here in America. Our culture sometimes projects 
our society sometimes projects uh, a feeling that, you know, once you've retired, you're no longer an earner and you're no longer a valuable member of society, which is a bunch of hogwash. Mm. So I think part of what we're trying to do is to celebrate these people and welcome them into this community and to let them know that they're loved, they're valued, and they're supported, and um, that their lives have meaning. And I think that's something, you know, that will benefit, you know, kind of the, the stigmatization that too many have experienced with Alzheimer's and dementia for too long. Yeah. So I know, John, you had mentioned when we first started communicating that, you know, prior to the pandemic, a lot of stuff was in person. So can you talk about the impact of the pandemic on your program there in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area? Yes. Um, we decided with Alzheimer's Los Angeles, we said, hey, let's take this to the Zoom platform mm -hmm. because so much of what we're doing is conversational. We're all sharing with each other. And lo and behold, it was a smash. Um, because one of the reasons was because nobody had to get into a car and commute to um, the Alzheimer's Los Angeles office um, that more people could attend. And, you know, and, you know, our sessions kind of work best when you've got a maximum of maybe 20 people. And we were kind of, we were getting 20, 25 people. And not only were we were getting um, uh, the care partners with uh, the people who had dementia or Alzheimer's, we're also children um, yeah. we're, we're, we're participating as well. So now it's become a family affair. And the other piece that happened is that uh, I'm also I'm the, the chairman for Sabres Baseball Memories Group. And our mission is to create as many of these baseball reminiscence programs around the country. We have 70 area chapters around the United States, and we're looking to get more of those started. And since the pandemic began, we started programs in San Diego, California, and our newest one in Cleveland, Ohio, just started yesterday. And uh, we've got another one in the pipeline for Louisville, Kentucky. And we've got some others. And all of these have been um, germinated and percolated during the pandemic. We took the position that, hey, uh, this is a great time to get the word out and, and connect with organizations um, you know, in Cleveland, we had a we have a relationship with the Alzheimer's Association here, the local chapter. Once they found out about it uh, and, and and experienced it, uh, they said, "Let's give it a try." So many people, when they hear about this program, a number of times will also invite people to be observers of our Alzheimer's Los Angeles program. And these are all people just watching it over Zoom. They were, and these are experts who work at dementia resource centers and so forth. And they said, we were blown away at the level of engagement, how much fun people were having. having. And I, I, had a, I spoke with an executive um, at a corporation that has 35 senior communities around the United States. And he kind of represents a change in the perspective of people in leadership uh, in these kinds of businesses or interests in memory care. Um, and he said, you know what? Metrics are, are, are all well and good. He says, what I care about are smiles. If I come into a session and, and I see people who are enjoying themselves and they're smiling, I know that program works. And um, that's a big piece of, of, of what we've been able to generate is, you know, our big words are joy, fun, 
connection and community. So I want to stay with the pandemic. So obviously when you started in 2018 in person, now you've learned the, the value or, or, of really growing this, this amazing program across the United States virtually, really. So how do you kind of envision where this is going to go going forward? Is it going to go, are you going to go back to in-person or are you going to mix it? Where, where are your thoughts as you, as this grows? Well, we'd like to see two versions of the program. Okay. One of them, of course, in-person. I think in-person, it's more impactful. It's more effective. We can, um, you know, fold in a physical component. However, we want to be able to reach out to rural communities and low-income communities. Um, and those are programs that we can uh, utilize over the Zoom platform. Um, so we're looking at a number of ways of proliferating what we do. We're principally, we would love to see our programs uh, facilitated by Sabre members in our Sabre um, sort of regions around the country. Alternatively, for example, in San Diego, um, I connected with them they, they, they sat in on one of our sessions with Alzheimer's Los Angeles and loved it. I said, look, it'd be great to bring the program to San Diego, um, but uh, we don't have anyone there to facilitate. I'm happy to get the ball rolling. Uh, I, so I facilitated two programs with them over Zoom that was a big success. Also, our Baseball Memories Group, we've put together a playbook that takes you A to Z how to set up your program mm -hmm. and we're also are available to talk people through that and, and perhaps do some training so um, if it's something we can't do ourselves uh, we're opening ourselves up to working with other organizations that feel they can take it on with volunteers or other people who work within their organization to facilitate and lead the program because you don't have to be an expert in baseball to make this work yeah. And it's it's more about uh, listening to people and basically setting up a very simple framework. And I can say, as innovative as this program is, it's deceptively simple. But we've had the benefit, you know, we started in 2015 in Texas. I started in 2018. We learned something new all every session, and we're always building a better beast and introducing new elements. And, and finding ways to engage and connect with people in ways we have not done before. So it's, it's a continuum, it's something that's growing, and we're really excited about the amount of growth we've had just since last November. Yeah, so I wanna clarify, John, uh, one of the questions that I had was, is the process, is it gonna be similar from Los Angeles to Cleveland? So I just wanna clarify with you, you're saying that the framework, it's gonna be consistent. So if somebody had a loved one that went through it in 18 in Los Angeles, obviously, you know, it has evolved, but kind of what they're getting in Los Angeles two years ago versus what they're getting in Cleveland three years later, it's gonna be somewhat similar. I think overall the experiences will be similar and the benefits will be similar. What we didn't want to do was to create something cookie cutter. Uh, we want each facilitator in each region to develop their program mm -hmm. uh, in their own eyes, in their mind, and adapts to their audience and their 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 participants. So we we right off the gate we said we don't want to mandate or dictate. It's got to be done X Y Z. What happens is those folks typically will come and observe our sessions to kind of see what works, what might not work for them, and then create their own program from that. 
Um, so it's very important to us that those individuals leading those those sessions are, are doing so uh, in their own way. Uh, but certainly, you know, it, it, we, we try to participate. For example, I'm going to participate in the Alzheimer's San Diego piece right now. Uh, I should say at about 10 o'clock. And, um, you know, and I plan on, you know, sharing some, you know, constructive feedback with them. And, you know, so we'll, we'll, we try to have our, our, our hands on, 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 on the ball, so to speak, moving forward with everyone we get involved with, because everyone we get involved with, we, we have a personal connection with, and we have, a, we have a stake in the success of the program. Yeah. So as you look into the future, John, I mean, it's, this is an amazing idea and the work that people are doing. Is there anything that excites you about what you're doing and going forward? Maybe some things you're you're thinking about rolling out as as you look into the future. Yeah, we're, we're tremendously excited um, about for a, for a number of reasons. You know, this all started sports reminiscence for memory care began in Scotland in 2009 with a soccer historian who had a friend who had dementia and he couldn't connect with him, but he mm -hmm. found a way of doing it by looking at photographs of old soccer players. He's able to connect with his friend. Flash forward to today, Scotland has 250 sports reminiscence programs that are funded by the national government in Scotland. By contrast, in the United States, we have barely 10. And that really is because there's a lack of awareness. But as I mentioned earlier, people who hear about our program, <clears throat> like Bill Plasky of the LA Times, you know, when he came and saw, our, heard about our program and witnessed it, he was completely blown away. So, uh, and not only that, you, you, baseball, you know, golf is a great um, uh, means of communicating with people. We have partners at TPC Sawgrass in Jacksonville, Florida, who have a terrific oh, yeah. program. Um, and, you know, basketball, football, auto racing, these are all sports that lend themselves to um, creating this, these kinds of, of experiences and sessions with people. Uh, sports is a great way to bring people together. So we think there's a great opportunity for that, uh, but we want to do our part to continue to flourish these baseball uh, program, baseball sessions, uh, because we see the remarkable impact. So one of the things that we're, a couple of things that we're doing. Number one is um, we are uh, creating a promotional film about the benefits of, of sports reminiscence featuring baseball because it's sponsored by Sabre. And then we're also embarking on a study to do a qualitative and quantitative analysis of the impact of our programs since 2015. Our Texas chapter has conducted over 100 sessions. So they've got a lot of experience and a, and a means of, uh, of engaging the impact of, uh, of sports reminiscence on people with memory care and, uh, and who have other sort of issues. Uh, so those are two things we're doing to create an awareness and to kind of prove to the world this is an important uh, tool that we can have to connect with people with Alzheimer's and dementia, and not to mention very effective for people and so who are socially isolated and people who are dealing with other sort of chronic health issues like depression. So I think that the sky is the limit for this sort of thing. We just need to get the word out and create sort of more apostles and spread the word. Excellent. What about any, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, as far as interest from Major League Baseball or if you had uh, 
players or retired players that wanted to be involved, whether it's there in Los Angeles and other communities? Have you had any of that type of involvement from them? Well, we're really trying to be more of a grassroots effort. Um, okay. Not that we would shun getting involved with sort of a larger organization. Major League Baseball does have a relationship with the Alzheimer's Association. Okay. I think they, they dedicate one day out of the baseball season a year to acknowledge uh, Alzheimer's and, and uh, dementia. Um, they also have a program, I think it's called Baseball Memories, where retired players will go to senior communities and share stories, which is wonderful. Um, um, so, you know, that's what that's what they've been up to. Um, we reached out to the Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and um, we were able to obtain uh, the participation of Ron Say, a.k.a. the Penguin, a great yeah. third baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who was a World Series champion and a co-MVP. And Ron had had some experience with dementia in his own family. So we spent an hour together. and. Um, it was a wonderful time and he got to share his stories. People got to ask him questions. It was marvelous. We've also had an umpire, Perry Barber, who's one of the only female umpires who's been doing it for 40 years, join us and share her stories and people got to ask her questions too. So yes, we've been had, we've had some involvement with former players and people from within the game. Yeah. If you could share one thing, John, about baseball and what it's meant to you, personally and professionally can is that easy for you to do or am i uh, asking you to to say john we have five minutes and it's a 30 minute you know response well it's a pretty tough question to answer it means a lot to me because um it was a big part of my childhood and mm -hmm. it's it's a thread that's run through my life it's also part of what i do for a living i make you know baseball films i have 10 films in the permanent collection of the hall of fame and i have a series called the sweet spot on amazon prime and so but when I hold this ball in my hand, it's almost like we're holding the world in our hand. You know, it's something we're all a part of. We're all in this together. And I think that's the thing that hits home for me. Excellent. Well, John, this has been really good. So how can people find you? We have our website, saberbaseballmemories.org. There's a wealth of information. That's our baseball memories group. And then you've got my email there jbgreeksf24 at gmail.com the 24 of course is tied to willie mays number 24. yep and if you don't mind can you spell out the uh website for us too for those that will be listening on our podcast john yes it's s-a-b-r baseball b-a-s-e-b-a-l-l memories m-e-m-o-r-i-e-s dot org saber baseball memories dot org very good. Um, as far as Knowledgeable Aging, you can find all of our upcoming and archive webinars on our website, knowledgeableaging.com. You can also go to our YouTube page, type in Knowledgeable Aging. We encourage you to subscribe. We update that four to five times per week. If podcasts are your thing, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Tunes, etc. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging. 